previously on the Loyal Littles podcast. Please welcome to the show, yes, the incomparable one, Robert Bird. Hey, Robert, how you doing? Look, I told y'all to keep your expectations low. To the Loyal Littles podcast on our odd special Monday podcast. We're all out of sorts today. It's Monday morning, the Monday after Christmas. Chuck and Roxy are back with me. We're going to hope fulfill your days with football and so many different updates and so much fun stuff. We have a great interview as always for you. How are you all doing today? We're doing good. Doing good. Got a case of the Mondays. Got a case of the Mondays. This is really (laughs) odd for us. It is. We found found out very late this morning that our dear beloved TK is not posting a podcast today, and it looks like he's going to go a couple days later this week. So we thought we'd try to at least be here for your Monday commute home, maybe, and give you something to listen to, uh, or maybe not. Anyway, so... (laughs) Sounds like we're trying to on Mondays too. Yeah, it sounds like well, we're all out of sorts. The holidays. Yeah, well, we had all this stuff ready for Tuesday, but now we're trying to right. throw it together for a Monday, so to give you some stuff. So, Chuck, first an error from last week. Uh, let's do it. Chuck, when you were trying to guess who our Friday Five was from last week, you blurted out Burt Reynolds, and and I said, Chuck, you couldn't be more wrong. Well, Chuck, do you know why you were more wrong? Uh, no. Chuck, he's dead. He's passed away. We lost what? Burt Reynolds back in September of 2018. Uh, oh, a long time ago. Oh, yeah. So poor Burt. Oh, yeah. That's, so well, so I was very wrong. You're right. Yeah, you were. You were pretty wrong on that. <laughs> Just line, a bit so. outside. Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> And uh, so anyway, it was. A, I thought it was a good guess actually at the time, and then I realized. Well, yeah. Wait. How how amazing would that have been if I was right? I mean, well, it would have been, but yes, exactly. So, but I, I actually miss <laughs> Burt Reynolds. He, I mean, Smoking the Bandit, all that, that laugh. The I can't even. I'm not even going to try to. do Oh it. yeah, Smoking the Bandit, classic. Yeah, just all those classics. And anyway, Cannibal Run. There's another one. Man, he, he had some good ones. He had some good ones. So Chuck, uh, well, actually, Roxy, we have uh, what what I'm calling. Well, I usually call them updates, but we have an Insta update. And uh, real quick, Roxy, what did you do yesterday? I boiled eggs and they came out perfect Yay. in my Instant Pot. In the Instant Pot. I was so pot. excited. All yeah. right. So I finally got it right. And I'm going to so. rewrite the whole recipe in my book and never follow the one it came with ever again. <laughs> wow. That's, a, yeah. that's crazy that it's that different. I finally exactly. did it. All right, you two. So real quick, we haven't talked to you since. We briefly did the show for the day after Christmas. But so how was your Christmas? Any, what'd you get? What did Santa bring you, Chuck? Santa brought me a new watch, Ooh. which I have in the last, oh, probably, I don't know, maybe COVID related, started collecting watches. So, okay. uh, and wearing them. <laughs> it's a thing. As it's you a do. fetish. It's a okay. it's a it's a wristwatch thing. So I've got a decent little collection going here of old and new and dressy and sporty. And so uh, I have had my eye on one for a while. And the missus was kind enough to tell Santa, and I got one in my 
stockings. Oh wow! All right. Very so, nice. Yeah. So that and some uh, some books. I always get books. I always appreciate books. And uh, yeah, it was it was it was a very nice little loot from nice. uh, from the Santa. How about y'all? Well, so I I also got a couple of books. I got a bunch of games. I was actually gifted one of my favorite things, favorite toys, games, whatever you want to call it, from growing up, and that was a light bright. Does anyone remember those? <laughs> I so remember much fun. I love Light Bright. Anyway, I also got uh, one of the books I got was the new Great British Baking Show, Love to Bake Book. And it's got some great recipes in there from this, actually, the season that just ended. Uh, they created books or they created a book of the recipes from Paul and Prue and the contestants and I'm so excited to dive into that. The only thing is that it's all in British. What is it? Yeah. So (laughs) I have to translate some things and Google some things and convert, do some conversion charts. uh, Oh, that's the worst. I hate that. (laughs) Yeah, but it's actually, I'm kind of looking forward to it. I think it'll be fun to kind of learn a little bit about their measurements and Celsius versus Fahrenheit, which, you know, you only touch Mm -hmm. upon a little bit in school growing up. So now I can dive into that and actually know what they're talking about when they say certain things on the show. And I'm really excited about it. I also, probably the big gift this year was I got a booty kicker. Do you know what that is? Whoa, booty. <laughs> <laughs> Keep it Chuck. clean, Chuck. Keep it clean. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I do not. It's basically a portable ballet bar that oh. I actually put together last night. And I could take a ballet bar class. I can do one of the bar classes that I've been enjoying is Physique 57. I could do that. I have a nice sturdy piece of furniture now that I can hold on to and work out from home. So I'm really excited about that. Yes. These days, you kind of have those. Well, I'm glad you two had a wonderful Christmas this year. And uh, real quick, it's almost time. what did you get? What did I get? I got coal, Chuck. I always get coal. That's all I got. Well deserved. No, no, actually, I got a lovely, it was amazing. I got a pictured frame. Maybe I'll tweet it later if I can figure out how to do that. A picture of... Every one of the Red Sox championships with a ticket stub, and it lists all of them in a, in a beautiful picture frame. It's like one of those number 300 of something, and it, it, just, it was pretty amazing. It's, uh, wow. I'm going to have to find a nice place. Yeah, it's pretty cool. And it's got a ticket stub from every World Series game, uh, including back to the ni- 1918, whatever. And, wow. Uh, yeah, it's pretty cool. It's pretty, so pretty it's a pretty cool. big picture. Yeah, yeah. Well, I wouldn't say that big, Chuck. It is as, Sox, as an or- as an Orioles <laughs> fan, that would fit in my wallet. Yeah. Okay. Well, I was gonna say we only we only have uh, we only have nine, Chuck. So I'm I'm not complaining. Hey, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. And uh, so yeah, so that was pretty amazing. And I I got some really cool other stuff. And uh, but no one wants to hear about that. They want to hear, like we said, the big show wasn't on today. They want to hear about Binghamton losing over the weekend to Maryland, Baltimore. 7467. Uh, I don't really know if they want to hear about that, but I just thought that is something Nigel would probably have brought up on today's podcast. <laughs> so we wanted to give them the update. Speaking of college basketball, we had one big story to report. Villanova head coach Jay Wright tests positive for COVID-19 along with one other staff member. 
it's starting already. And we did see this with all the other pretty much sports that started. You know, we'll have to see how this all plays out. But it's obviously the, the end goal is just to get to the tournament, no matter how many teams are there. But uh, if they have to start, they've already had to cancel some games. And obviously college football took a hit. I mean, all the sports took a hit. I mean, as we saw this weekend, which we'll get to, the Cleveland Browns took a hit. Boy, did they. Yeah. But we're going to get to all the NFL stuff later in the show. But first, let's uh, let's get out of here. Now, everyone's tired of listening to us because we have a great, great, great guest today. I mean, well, Miles will just say Will Bond's coming on the show, just like he always does on the big show on Mondays, because let me tell you, the name drops that are coming up are just galore. And it was a lot of fun. And yes, we make reference to Will Bond because of it. But we'll be right back, all you loyal Littles, because it is now time to meet the Littles. played in again today by Emily Danger and this song is called Less Blue. Such a talented artist she sent us in a bunch of stuff so we thought we'd premiere another one of her songs on the Loyal Littles podcast. If you want to get in touch with Emily you can reach her on Instagram at Emily Danger that's E-M-I-L-Y D-A-N-G-E-R at Emily Danger. You can find all her stuff on iTunes and as always, we'll play the entire song, Less Blue, at the end of the podcast. I'm sure there's someone else better for you. Someone who pays. All right, all you loyal littles, it's your favorite time in ours. It's time to meet the littles, and we are so thankful to have all the way from the D.C. metro area, Bobby Gottfried. Welcome, Bobby. Hey, guys. It's great to be here. Glad to get to talk to you. Oh, we're so excited. So welcome to the podcast, Bobby. And as you probably know by now, if you're a loyal listener, we usually just open up by let, turn it over to you. Tell us a little a bit about yourself. So uh, I am actually born and raised in Washington, D.C., I live, the house I grew up in is literally about a thousand yards directly behind Calvert Woodley, which is Rock Creek Park is kind of gets in the way. But so, you know, the Tony geography, I grew up right there and I have since moved out of the district, but not very far. I'm in Bethesda, Maryland, very close in DC suburb. Okay. I got to stop you right there. Now, I mean, the listeners want to know, are you walking distance to the bagel place or what? Uh, I could walk to Bethesda Bagels. It would be a little bit of a walk, but I am somewhat, well, I'm not a regular there, but we do pick up bagels there. Uh, not infrequently, I would say. Uh, that was before they started working with the show. Bagel City, not so much, but, but Bethesda Bagels, absolutely. Oh, great. Okay, sorry. Go on. <laughs> so uh, I am uh, a, a lawyer by training, but not by practice. I am in the uh, commercial real estate business. We manage a, uh, this is no fun, but we manage an industrial <laughs> warehouse park out in, in a little bit of a farther suburb of D.C. called Beltsville. 
But like I said, grew up in D.C., left for college to go out to St. Louis, came back to D.C., left again to go to law school, and, and I just keep coming back. And so uh, I love the area. I love being here. Um, and, and here I am. Yeah, I got to tell you, it's one of my favorite. I've traveled for a living for many years, for about 25 years now, and it's one of my favorite areas, too, actually. It's beautiful. And, uh, I've gotten to play the Kennedy Center. I've played the National a few times. And it just every time I see that on the route, I'm, I get so excited. Oh, I'm glad uh, to hear that. Yeah, it's just such a nice area. And I love and it, you guys are New Yorkers, and and I uh, <laughs> I love New York. I have relatives there. I've spent a lot of time in the city, and it's it's one of my favorite places. Two of my sisters lives there now. So um, oh wow, love New York City. So well, yeah. when this is all over, you coming back? You got to say hi for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. So you went to school in St. Louis. Where'd you go? And what'd you went, major in? Went to Washington University in St. Louis. Okay. I majored in marketing. I late much later and much more recently learned that uh, it is also the alma mater of uh, famed Tony emailer Neil in Rockville. Oh, um, so the nice. two of us have bonded over that. Nice. And then, but you, then you said you came back and then you left again. Yes. I uh, went to law school at Duke oh, University. Ooh, a dookie. Ooh. <laughs> I don't know how I feel about that. Anyway. <laughs> I grew up a Maryland basketball fan. I hated Duke. I <laughs> didn't visit the law school because I hated Duke so much. And my dad said, you have to go visit. And I want you to promise me that while you're down there, you will separate the school from the basketball team. <laughs> <laughs> it was actually the perfect thing to say to me because it was the perfect place for me to go to law school. That's a yeah. great fit in my personality for where I needed to be at that time. And while I was there, I can't remember if it was my last year there or the year after, Maryland left the ACC and all of a sudden it was much easier to be a Duke fan. And I, I've become one since. I was While I was there, I wore red every time Maryland was at Cameron Indoor. And uh, a lot of my friends did not like that, but kept my fandom up. I have a question. Wasn't Duke and UConn arch rivals for a time? Maybe the women's basketball? Oh, Maybe it's basketball. Yeah. 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 I mean, growing up in the 90s, I was a Husky all the way. I thought I was going to go to UConn. I didn't, but I loved watching the women's basketball. And if I'm remembering correctly, it was Duke that I was always like, oh, we got to beat them. Um, <laughs> well, men's and women's basketball just hates Duke. So Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, it's funny because it's kind of like me living in New York and Roxy too, but hating the Yankees. For me, it's always anybody but the Yankees. In college basketball, I'm sorry, but it's anybody but Duke. And, yeah. you know, I don't even know where that started. I think it was because of their dominance yeah. when I was in college. Sure. And that it was just like, come on, let someone else win for once. I think that was in their – did they win three and four years at one point? I know they won back-to-back uh, at some point. Yeah, they do, They went back-to-back, and then there was yeah. a little bit of time. Then they won the oh, third. Okay. And okay. My first year of law school, 2010, they won their fourth. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. Can't believe I've gone this long without asking this question. Did you ever see a Duke North Carolina game there? I saw three Duke North Carolina games in my Holy three. Holy yeah. Okay. We're going to take a little sidetrack here. Yeah. Nothing like it. I, I've been lucky to go to a lot of sporting events in my life. And I mean, Cameron Indoor is, it's such a great place to watch a game just because it's so small and the energy in that building And at the beginning of the season, it's noticeably less when they're playing non-conference games and winning most, if not all of them. And then it definitely ramps up for the ACC season. But I've never felt energy in a building like I have for the Duke UNC games. By my third year, I was becoming a Duke fan. But my first year, especially, I was coming at it as an outsider, as someone who still hated Duke despite attending Duke. And so I and I was no big fan of UNC either. So I kind of got to watch that one, especially as a neutral observer. And, and I just remember thinking that the atmosphere was like nothing I'd ever experienced before. 
Oh, I can't even. I Yeah, that's one sporting event that I would love to do someday, even though I have no affiliation with either team. It's just like, but I, I do have to say, I've always rooted for North Carolina in those, like I said, usually for me, it's like anybody but Duke. It's I don't know, remember, I feel bad for all you Dukies, because I don't remember how that started, but it just stuck, and that's the way I've always been. But actually, the ironic part for me is I've been to many, been very lucky to be to many sporting events, many Red Sox-Yankees games, so those are always good too. But uh, this might surprise some listeners. My ultimate sporting event I've ever been to, actually, was the Kentucky Derby. Yeah. Uh-huh. That was just, that was just, on my like bucket. nothing I'd ever experienced. And it's so short. I was literally there all day. I had to get there at like 9, 30, 10 in the morning. And you sit there. Now there's races all day, obviously, until the actual Kentucky Derby race. But if you want a decent seat, because I didn't have like the fancy schmancy box seat or anything like that. But just to experience it. And then the actual race, I was in the first turn. And I still have video of it. The crowd, the way they, how those horses don't react to that and get scared because it was so loud. And when they come through the turn, it was just nothing like, basically just the word you used. It was nothing like I'd ever experienced at a sporting event. So Bobby, it sounds like you've been listening to Tony for a long time, but how did you first become introduced to him and all that? So I grew, like I said, growing up in D.C., I actually grew up reading Tony and Will Bond and Boz in the Washington Post. My, my earliest memories, even just reading a paper, my parents were, and I think like Tony, maybe one of the last 10 people around here who still get the physical copy of the Post every day. But it was always in the house in the morning. And so getting ready for school, I, I remember my teenage years, maybe a little bit earlier, the sports section was always what I wanted to read. So I, I knew who Tony and Will Bond were as writers. And then when Tony started doing the radio show, I know I was very young, but my dad would listen to it occasionally in the car. So I probably heard him on the radio for the first time back in 92 or 93, right when he started, but was by no means at that point a regular listener. I was generally in school when he was on. But being a fan of his, I remember when, as I got a little older and into middle and high school, I would listen occasionally when I could. And then when PTI started, it was appointment viewing because here were my two favorite sports columnists for my whole life yelling at each other on television. Um, <laughs> and so a couple of years after PTI started, was I started college, and that was when I really started listening regularly to Tony's radio show. And through you know all the iterations since then, the DC local shows, the satellite show, the ESPN radio shows, all everything, and just kind of followed him wherever he went. All right, so it's time. Make us jealous. <laughs> I, want, I need to hear. All right, so loyal listeners, he started off air actually i think we were texting or something to set up the interview and you were like i don't know if i have really anything to say but i didn't i did have this happen and i'm like are you freaking kidding me when can we set up this day <laughs> so i kind of know what you're about to say and i can't begin to tell you how jealous i am so well, you don't, tell you don't know so in 2004 i was a freshman in college and my dad was going to the masters for a day i was very upset I couldn't go, but it was my first year of college and I was in school. But he was going with his friend Neil and his friend Alan Bubis. And I knew about this trip, but one day I am, I don't remember exactly where I was on campus, but my phone rings and I pick it up and it's my dad. And he says, I have someone here that wants to talk to you. And I, I hear an unmistakable voice. And what he says is, Bobby, your dad just paid me $10,000 to tell you that I was Tony Kornheiser. <laughs> no way. 
So uh, he was so funny. He doesn't really remember this conversation. I've, I've spoken to him about it since I think because he was getting ready to fly. And we all know what he goes through when he gets ready yeah. to fly because they were getting ready to come home. But I, I chatted with Tony for a few minutes. He was nice as could be. And at the end of the conversation, he said, this summer, you should come to a taping of PTI. And I said, oh, my God, I would love to, of course. So I did not let my dad forget about that. You know, and I was home that summer, my first summer at home. I I wanted to go. I thought at the time I've gone very far afield since. But I thought I wanted to go into sports television, not necessarily to be on TV, but more behind the scenes stuff. Mm -hmm. And so I spent my first summer working for George Michael, the local D.C. sports guy at the time as an intern, Uh, the old George Michael sports machine and um had a wonderful summer with him. But no, I said, Dad, while I'm doing this, we, Tony said we can go see PTI. Let's go see PTI. So we got to go watch a taping of PTI. And, and the line I remember from that is we were explaining how it had gotten set up. And Will Bond looks at my father and goes, you were crazy enough to get on an airplane with this erotic <laughs> person? <laughs> Story goes back to one of my dad's old friends. And so my dad also grew up in Washington, D.C., and D.C. geography, especially Jewish geography, is pretty small. And so a very old friend of my father's is someone you might have heard of named Alan Bubis. <laughs> so, I hate um, you already. Okay. Continue. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Alan's brother, Mark, actually lives in Atlanta. And when Maryland basketball won the national title in 2002, At the beginning of that year, my dad told me that if Maryland made the Final Four, we could go in Atlanta, never thinking that they would actually make the Final Four. And lo and behold, not only did they, they won the title. So we went down and actually stayed with Mark Bubis down there. So so at that point, I I didn't really know the connection with Tony. And I I don't even know that I knew Alan that well then. But, you know, I'm a fan of Tony and I would be anyway. But just how much, and I do give a lot of credit to to my father just being part of the community where my dad, you know, has run into Tony and knows him to say hello, but <laughs> the number of people common that they, they know. And so like how it's just kind of all, it's, it's been small world story after small world story. I mean, when Michael so, talked yeah. about the time that he went to the masters when he was a senior in high school, that's that trip where my dad called me and handed Tony the phone. Wow. Um, oh, wow. So it really just, it was, none of it was planned and none of it was me trying to get into the orbit. It was just all kind of organic how it ended up happening. So, yeah, it's, it's been I mean, obviously, the chatter stuff was less organic because I was like, oh, Tony's doing the podcast there. I'm going to go to chatter and hang out right. there. And my God, chatter is having a trivia night. I love trivia nights. Let me go do that. <laughs> yeah. Well, the cool thing also, if I may, it you're I think the first guest that we've had where it sounds like this whole thing was passed down to you from your dad. It, is that yeah. true to say? He, he again, you know, him growing up in D.C., he was a. Washington DC sports fan of all of the teams and we've had some name changes since then but of the bullets of the uh, Washington football team and their former name um, the Capitals um, you know he so he patented the Orioles and then you know now he's a Nationals fan too but he was a Senators fan as a child so he passed down all that fandom to me and he was the one that you know taught me all about sports and he's the reason that I wanted to read the sports page every day was because that was where my sports fandom came from and so that was if it wasn't for him I who knows what I would have been reading but maybe I wouldn't have been grown up reading Kornheiser, Wilbon, Boz and all the other post sure. columnists that have come and gone or you know Sally Jenkins um, that have come and gone in my lifetime um, that have 
Yeah, and I tell you know I'll tell my dad about things that Tony says on the podcast, and he just kind of rolls his eyes and laughs. He definitely you know he doesn't listen, but he he definitely knows both from my stories and just from reading the post and everything how and, and you know Tony's style column was another must read for me. Dave Barry every week and Tony's style column every week were the humor columns I had to read. But you know so my dad just knows about all of Tony's neuroses, and so I'll say, yeah, Tony was talking about playing golf at my dad's a big golfer, so I'll talk about a course that my dad is familiar with and he'll just roll his eyes and say, of course he did, you know, or something. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> my dad's a big golfer. And, but through that, I, I met Eric Rideholm. I don't remember if I got his email then or if I had to find it later, but the next year when I was at college, I said, this is what I want to do. And I, I would love to work for PTI. And I literally, this is, so you have to remember, this is before Twitter. This is before, I mean, Facebook was an infant thing that was only available to college students. Mm-hmm. So there was no advertising for these internships at PTI and around the horn like they do now. So I cold emailed Eric Rideholm and I said, you know, I spent the last summer working for George Michael. I would love, if it's a possibility, if it's a thing, could I intern for PTI this summer? He emailed me back and he said, unfortunately, you know, we already have an intern for PTI, but if you want to work on around the horn, you can do that. And I said, of course, I would love to. So, okay, loyal listeners, this sounds like it's going to be a great story. So you don't want to go anywhere. If you want to hear the end of this, you're going to have to stick around because we're going to take a quick break. And we'll be back to hear about Bobby Godfrey's experience on Around the Horn right after this. Welcome back to the Loyal Littles podcast, and please welcome back to the show the person who I have now officially hate the most, Bobby Gottfried. I cannot wait to hear the rest of this story. I am so freaking jealous. All right, tear my heart out. Let's hear all about it. Go. Well, so the first thing you have to know is I get to work, and I learn that the intern that they had already hired for PTI who beat me out that summer was none other than... Luke Russert, who, and and again, in the small DC world thing, I had actually known for a very long time. We played Little League Baseball together. Okay. I've known Luke forever. you're bearing leads. You've got everything going on here. Okay. He's not, no, yes. I mean, my, the connections to to the the world of the TK show are just, it's amazing how it's come together. (laughs) But the funny thing about it was, so I was the around the horn intern, which meant I got to work, I think at like eight or eight 30 in the morning. We would do everything around the horn. A lot of my job was there was a guy there who would put together a giant packet of stats and information about all the stories for Tony Reale every day. So I would help him research that. If there were short stories or didn't know exactly what they were going to talk about for everything, I could help reading through the internet of what had happened the day before and know, say to Tony or say to um, the people in the, in the newsroom there, why don't we do, what about this story? What about that story? And then around the now, horn. Can I actually stop? Because I, I have a related question. And I'm, I've always been curious about this. I mean, we all know, the fans know, that they air back to back on ESPN every day. Well, almost every day, yep. whenever they're on. And I've always wondered this. Now, do you have to stay in contact? Because obviously knowing at that point, Tony Reale was stat boy for PTI, so there was that crossover there. How careful are they? Do you talk with the producers of each show so that you're not doubling up on too many? Because, I mean, sometimes it's just inevitable. You're going to do the same story. But how does that all work? I think now they actually share a newsroom, but this was back at the old Atlantic video studios that they used before they went HD, which was another funny story in the basement of a building that was at that time used by the ATF. So coming (laughs) into work every day, I actually had to go through like security, like airport security because it was an ATF building. But the offices, the newsrooms were connected. I mean, there was a door between them. And so people were going back and forth. I mean, Eric Rideholm obviously produced both shows. Right, uh, right. So going back and forth all day. 
And uh, Aaron Solomon is actually the producer of Around the Horn. It's George Solomon's son, who Tony has talked about, his old boss at the Washington Post. So there was definitely a lot of communication. Okay, that's what I figured. And and Luke actually was traveling a good bit that summer. Surprise, surprise. Um, (laughs) Very early on in the summer when Luke was gone for, you know, a week at some point, Bonnie came over and said, hey, can you come help us with, I don't even remember what it was. But so, I, you know, I was the Around the Horn intern, but I certainly helped out with things here and there, you know, little intern tasks for PTI as they needed me or as they needed you know, anything done. I just wanted to be there to do whatever they needed me to do and just absorb it all. And so they would tape, they would have a call in the morning for Around the Horn with that day's panelists, the conference call to go over everything. And then later that day they would tape it and then you know, we would wrap up and do a little bit of prep for the next day, although not a ton, but after we taped, Tony Reale would walk next door to the PTI offices and go into his stat boy mode and get caught up on what they had been up to that day to that point and get himself ready to take PTI. It was very much a, a collaborative and back and forth thing. And, and my understanding is it, it's still very much that way today. Yeah, it seems like it. One of the other perks of the job was for around the horn every day, I would sit in the control room and watch them tape. And then for I would always, st- when, when around the horn was done, generally I was free to go home, but almost every day I would stay for PTI. And I had the opportunity to watch either from the control room or from the studio and did a lot of both. And so I've seen PTI taped many, many times and feel very lucky to have had that experience. Uh-huh. The uh, they don't tell you about sitting on a set is you can't hear any guests. So in days where Tony or Wilbon were remote or where or during five good minutes, almost always, I would go down to the control room so that I could hear the other person talking, because otherwise you get one side of the conversation and you have <laughs> what the other person is saying before Tony would start yelling back to Wilbon in Chicago. Right. (laughs) So, okay. So I do have to go back because I remembered something I wanted to ask you. So again, hate you. You were on a conference call with the day's guests on Around the Horn every morning. Every morning. Okay. There's obviously a ton of questions there I want to ask, but I'll pick one. Woody Page, what's he like? Is he like as cool as he seems? He is. Woody, it's it's funny you ask about him because I I had I, I would not have remembered to even talk about this. He was as nice as could be. Again, you have to remember this is a college intern who's trying to learn as much as he can about the business and about sports broadcast and all that. And this was at the time, this was the summer of 2005, if I didn't say that already. So Woody Page was in New York at the time doing right. the morning Cold show pizza? pizza. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to be in New York at one point and I emailed Woody and I said, could I shadow you for a day? Oh. And he let me, and it was, he was okay. as nice as could be. The hate level and right now is just climbing. I was with him from the morning of cold pizza through the, you know, I was on for the first time ever on the other side of the conference call for Around the Horn to when he taped Around the Horn. And then actually we, we were going kind of the same direction after that was done. And we walked quite a ways in Manhattan and just, he let me pick his brain uh, about everything that I wanted to know about not only the TV stuff, but his newspaper writing. And, and he was just could not have been nicer, more generous with his time. And so I've always held a soft spot in my heart for him for, for doing that for me. Wow. And That's I, so nice. And, okay. Not for me today, but has stuck with me. That's so great to hear because Tony even at one point said, hey, kids, be careful what you wish for, you know, when you, quote, meet your idols or whatever you want to call them, people you look up to. I'm sure we'll get here in a second because I'm sure you have some stuff to say about Tony and Wilbon when you got to do PTI and stuff, but even Woody Page, whatever. I do have to say that about Tony. I've gotten to meet him one time. It was 
not pre-set up or anything like that. I practically stalked him, sat on a corner because I knew where he was going to be going. And I, you know, I was polite. I actually walked up and I said, I'm sorry, but I have to say this. And I gave him a little cheesery and he laughed. He goes, hey, thanks for being a fan of the show. And I literally said, I know you're going, he was going into see a show. I've referenced that on the a Broadway show. And I just said to him, could you sign my book? And he was like, of course I'll sign my book. Couldn't have been more generous with his time. He's on his way into the theater, but literally stood there for a good, at least three to five minutes, which to me was much more than I anticipated or expected. It, it was, if you, if you want to meet Tony, you have the opportunity. I realize now it's a little difficult with COVID in these times, and that's probably not going to happen for a while. But I, I do have to say, if, if you won't be disappointed. If you ever get the chance, take it. So back to you, Mr. Name Drop. <laughs> And uh, <laughs> I feel like Wilbon, yeah, you know, dropping. Yeah, right. I did not, not come into this anticipating doing that. And now I, I feel like, yeah. Well, I, I am glad I brought him up because when you said, oh, I, I just always wondered. And I'm glad it's so good to hear. It really is because I, I get it. These guys are so busy and they do these shows and you just you just never know. They're people, too. And they have good and bad days, I'm sure. And that was so that's an amazing story that he spent that much time with you and everything like that. So are you telling me you got to, like, hang out with Tony and Wilbon? Um, I would not put it like that at okay. all. All right. I, I, all right, you know, good. A little bit of time in their presence. <laughs> I got to, I mean, they knew who I was. I got to know them a little bit. Very kind. And Wilbon was just, on the PTI set, was always the entertainer. He would always have great stories about his travels that he would tell the crew, you know, if he was just coming back from covering some event. But, no, I, I would not by any stretch <laughs> of the imagination say that I ever hung out with them. All right, Bobby, your hate level just came came down so that's good that's good the hate level just came down so because i thought you were gonna be like oh yeah I, I go over there all the time you know carol invites me over or oh yeah we i was at the wait did you ever get to the bowling no i never did to get to the bowling it was the wrong time of year i was a summer intern <laughs> you know the bowling party is always at christmas time and uh, i don't even know if they had the bowling party back in 2005 if they did gotcha. I, my, my invite i think got lost in the mail is the bowling this party just a party where you go bowling <laughs> is that like oh. the premise bobby bobby be, be gentle amazing. she's a tiny she's no a tiny. no no my understanding is they rent the alley it's actually the yeah. bowling alley is less than a five minute drive from where i live right now i know exactly which alley it is and and my understanding is uh, eric rideholm the executive producer of around the horn pti uh the lebitard show rents it out for an evening and that's where they have their uh, office party Wait, that's yeah, sorry. awesome. <laughs> sorry, Roxy. I just, all the listeners know what I was like, talking wait, about. Like, wait, bowling? What? <laughs> yeah, oh, Roxy's a big bowler, actually. I'm um, not good, so, so, but I love so, it. <laughs> so, Bobby, this is good. I'll just keep asking questions because your hate level keeps going down and down. So this is great. No, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I, I'm so thankful you're here. That's, He's those living are vicariously stories. through you yeah, right now. <laughs> I'm so jealous. I think I need a shirt that says, I'm jealous of Bobby Gottfried. I don't think you ever get that kind of internship with them today just by cold emailing and saying, hey, can I do this? Because there's a whole right. application process. They sure. put it out on social media every year. And so it's definitely become much more of a thing than it was then. I, I, I was very lucky to hit it at the time that I did. Yeah. It's amazing. Well, anyway, okay, let's move on. So curious, I'm guessing you're, well, I could be wrong. What, favorite sport, team? What do we got? Uh, all, all the DC teams growing up. Okay, that's what I figured. I'm a fan of all of them. Uh, I, hockey is probably my favorite sport. I'm a huge Capitals fan. Them winning 
up a few years ago was was yeah. of my sports life i grew up an orioles fan uh went to a lot of games as a kid people asked me what i wanted to be when i grew up i wouldn't say a baseball player or a shortstop i said i wanted to be cal ripkin jr yeah. <laughs> i was 15 years old when i went to the, my first major league game that he did not play in including wow. one at fenway park where we went i have an aunt in boston and there was rumors that he was going to end the streak at the end of the season of a certain season and the last game was in Boston. And we said, well, we have to go to that game. So we went. But then he ended up, I think, stopping the streak in the middle of the next season. When I went off to college, and even a little bit before that, the yeah. owner of the Orioles, Peter Angelos, is notoriously a bad owner. I think you can you will hear the same thing from Joe Arrow, from Jen Babish, from Loyal Little, Sam Angel, who are all big Orioles fans. And the last straw for me, really, was when they fired Davey Johnson, who had just won manager of the year. That's right. And so I just, it wasn't that I stopped following baseball. I just kind of, my fandom of the Orioles lapsed. I had gone, went off to college a little while later. I wasn't going to as many games because Baltimore just got a little bit far in high school. I didn't have as much free time to get to Baltimore for games. And I really just kind of became a baseball fan more than a Orioles fan. And so when the Nationals moved to Washington and I, for the first time in my life, had a real hometown team, as bad as they were early on, I immediately jumped on that bandwagon because sure. that, if, I, if there had been a Washington team when I was a kid, that would have been my team. And so I am today a, I mean, I, I still do consider the Orioles my American League team, but I am through and through a Washington Nationals fan. Gotcha. So I have to ask, being an Orioles fan with no Nationals in Washington yet, 1996, Jeter's yeah. home run, that shouldn't have been? Ugh. Don't, what was don't, that like? Start, oh, my God. <laughs> oh, no, wait a minute. People, talk, people go to me all the time. How do you feel about the Buckner play? Come on. That was, that was definitely a low point of, uh, of Orioles fandom uh, because I really thought that they had a good team that year. And it yeah, absolutely. And I remember Tony Tarasco standing with his back up against the wall, just pointing up and yelling at the umpire. It wasn't mic'd up or anything, but we all knew what he was saying. Now, that kid yeah. took the ball from me. It, yeah, no, it was just... Uh, ugh, I hate even thinking about it. It was, and I, you know, I'm so sad that the Orioles have never won the World Series in my lifetime. I feel bad for yeah. all of my friends who are Orioles fans, but getting to see the Nationals win it a couple of years ago was was phenomenal. Well, th that was my next step. So, how? Because I remember the first time the Red Sox won, and it's not just about when you win it. Okay, it's the after. It's the getting the rings, and then the next season. Mm -hmm. Because I've been dying to ask this question to a nationals fan directly how hard was that like you missed all of that it was really it sucked a lot to not yeah. be able to celebrate with the team and with other fans in the ballpark or go to any games this past season i i will say before the capitals won the stanley cup the last time any washington team had won anything was the super bowl in january of 1992 so it had been a while if, it, if I hadn't just experienced the Capitals winning the Cup and gotten their whole next season to celebrate, mm. I think it would have been worse. And I imagine for people in town who are huge Nationals fans who don't care about hockey, yeah. it probably was terrible. So it wasn't fun, but I think the blow, at least for me, was softened by at least having gotten a championship for one of my teams. And if to have had that parade, to have had that banner raising... Uh, all right. And all of that, I still, you know, would have liked the next one. And I still hope that when we can all get back to the ballpark, there will be a banner raising. And if I can be in the ballpark that night, I will be. But it's definitely been hard. At the beginning of the season, there was a lot of, of regret. Yeah. See, that would have been me because I'm not a diehard hockey fan. So, yeah, it would have killed me. It really would have killed me. 
Well, I think when things get back to some, I don't even want to say normal because I don't know if it will ever be normal, but when things open up again and people, it's safe, everyone should just celebrate all of these things that they haven't been able to celebrate. I think (laughs) we're going to want that. So I think maybe we'll put the idea out into the universe and maybe there'll be, uh, maybe it'll be a smaller scale, but there has to be something. You have to be able to celebrate, in my opinion. (laughs) So obviously we we know that you're local in the DC area. So I assume you've been to Chatter. Uh, what was that like? So I actually, again, growing up so close, where I live now, I'm less than a 10 minute drive from Chatter. And uh, I knew it growing up as Chadwick's, as Chad's. I wouldn't say that I was there a lot. Was there, ate meals there every once in a while. Mm-hmm. And then when it became Chatter, that's actually another story with, with Alan Bubis. He was actually at my parents for a new year's party on new year's day 2017 and he pulled okay, me careful, aside bobby like, the hate level's going back up here oh no <laughs> <laughs> they're name dropping again but he pulled me aside <laughs> at one point and he said i know you're a big fan of tony's show i just you know this isn't public information yet but i just wanted to tell you that uh he's going to start doing his podcast from it, then it was chad's that he's going to build a studio and he's and i just thought that that was going to be the coolest thing ever so i i remember waiting to hear that the podcast studio had been built and that they were going to do shows there and I, I i definitely would say i became somewhat of a regular there i saw a, you know i was there for breakfast many times less once my first uh, child was born in 2018 because mornings got harder after that <laughs> sure um, but for the first year, went to many podcasts and was a regular at Trivia Night. I, I'm a huge trivia buff. I love pub trivia. And mm-hmm. I started going when they started having Trivia Night. I actually went with a few friends. One of my friends and I put together a team. It was one of my friends and a few people I didn't know. And we went for a few weeks. And after I'd been there three or four weeks, I, I heard one of these tables near me starting, to, you know, talking about Tony and the podcast. And one night I heard this unmistakable rec- voice that I recognized. And so I walked over and I said, are you Joe Arrow? And said, yes. And (laughs) myself and that, and he was playing, I I don't remember exactly who was there that night. I know Claire was there. I think Jen may have, anyway, but that was the first time that I met all of these other littles. And I started talking to them. And over time, the team that I had started coming to chatter with were frequently unavailable. Some weeks we'd go, some weeks we wouldn't. And so I started playing, you know, I joined the littles team. And it's one of the best things that ever happened to me because so many of them have become such good friends. I mean, that's part of what I love about you guys doing this podcast is it really is just the most welcoming and great community. So I'm so thankful that I joined that trivia team because so many of the people that were part of it, some names Littles will know very well, some maybe not as well, but you know, Claire Natola and Jen Babish and Jamie Julian and Rob Berg and Jeff Stevens and Dina in Damascus. These are all, and I'm and I'm sure I'm forgetting someone and I'm going to feel terrible about it later. <laughs> but these are all people that have become very close and dear friends who I talk to on a regular basis about things way far afield from Tony. I mean, we talk to each other about, you know, just what's going on in our lives like you would with any friend that you didn't meet through a sport tv sports personalities podcast and it just shows how that podcast can bring people together and and even you guys doing this podcast is an extension of that well it's so nice to hear and that's that's what we wanted to do so we just hope the word will get around and we'll just get to keep meeting littles because there's so many of us out there and it's been such an experience for us and i think roxy off air a lot she talks about about it 
but yeah, even I, on just, air, I, I can't believe how wonderful this community is. And I'm just kind of dipping my toes into this pool of awesome people. And it's like every person I meet, it's, it's just more wonderful people after more wonderful people. And I'm just, I'm so thankful that Chuck is, has invited me to be a part of this with him and I, I can get to know all of you. It's so awesome. Yeah, no, it's, it's really, I've enjoyed, you know, and hearing people on the podcast who are good friends of mine and hearing people on the podcast who I've seen in the groups, but who I don't know in person and getting to know more about them has just been a ton of fun. Yeah. Oh, it's so good to hear. So, but besides being uh, the personal stat boy for the Loyal Littles podcast and making sure we know when we make errors, which is great. Uh, Always happy to do that. We love it. We Keep love, it coming. We do, we do actually love it. I hope, I hope you realize that. And you I'm, know, I'm we'll, glad it comes, it comes with the territory, I think sometimes of being a trivia buff. And then also, as I mentioned, when I, when I wrote about the, the panda bears having the woman to whom I'm related by marriage is a uh, zoologist by education and volunteers in the <laughs> zoo and so when we first started dating one of the very first things that got drilled into me in a similar vein of the the koala thing was uh the difference between apes and monkeys and and you know that was <laughs> i could not make that mistake um <laughs> and so it's just it's one of those things that just is a pavlov for me when someone says koala bear my brain just goes off i'm like nope not a bear so did we did we discuss that in de detail did they discuss it in detail on the podcast about chimps not being, I forget, did they even never, talk? About never, never to my satisfaction. And I did email the show about that, but I don't think that particular one got read. Oh, gotcha. well, what do you got for us? The easiest way for people to remember this who do not know is if it doesn't have a tail, it's not a monkey. There is a VeggieTales song about that, that my wife introduced <laughs> me to. Uh, so uh, yeah, monkeys all have tails. Although not all primates that have tails are monkeys. The, the big example of that are, are lemurs, which have tails but are not monkeys. Mm. And the great apes, which are not monkeys, do not have tails. And those are your gorillas, your orangutans, chimpanzees, and yep. humans, primates. Oh, gotcha. wait, say that again? Humans, I, 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 should get, I should make sure I'm getting this right. And I'm, see, I'm getting yelled at from the other room right now. Humans are, <laughs> in fact, great apes. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. <laughs> so A, that's your wife? That that is a woman to whom I'm related by marriage. Yes. Can she come in? Would she do? She, she's now asking me if I've said bonobos. Can, so bonobos will, also great apes. Will she come in? Will you come in here? This would be great. This would be a first. No, do you want to come say hello? <laughs> sure. Oh my gosh! Hello. <laughs> this my hello. <laughs> this is so great. This is a loyal littles podcast first. Now, do we call her a tiny? Oh, Does she even know what that is? She she. I'm wearing my headphones, so she can't hear. Oh, okay. That's okay. You can feed it to her. No, do, do you call her a tiny? Does she know what that is? Uh, she does not. I have not. No, but so she uh, went from putting up with me listening to the podcast. She does not listen to it on her own. But gotcha. if we get in the car and we're going for a ride and I say, like, can we put on, you know, a podcast instead of music? She will ask, like, do you have any Tony that you haven't listened to yet? Oh, <laughs> oh. love it. That's so sweet. So, so what was the question? So what was she yelling through through the door? I think to make sure that I was getting the, because because she works with at the National Zoo with the great apes, to make sure that I was getting the information yeah. about uh, monkeys and apes right. No, no. Oh, does but, the woman to whom you're related to by marriage have a name? Yes, Kim. Oh, hi, Kim. Hi, okay. Kim. I know she can't hear us. She can't she hear us. She wants to make clear she volunteers in, in the great ape house at the National Zoo. Oh, that's so great. There are still people taking care of the animals there. Oh, good. All right, gotcha, gotcha. Well, please tell her thank you for popping in. That was yes. really sweet. 
<laughs> uh, first on the Loyal Littles podcast. That's that so great. That is so fun. To clarify there, uh, great apes are chimpanzees, bonobos, gorillas, orangutans, and humans. Gotcha. None okay. of which are monkeys. Gotcha. <laughs> Good <Okay>. to know. <laughs> Littles. Information, information for life. life. <laughs> well, Bobby, we can't thank you enough for the stories. It's, it's just incredible. It's been my pleasure. And as the homage to the show, we'll get you out of here on this. Uh, so Uranus jokes, funny or never not funny? Never not funny. No, uh, I, am, I, I think the Uranus joke thing gets played out some, but it always, the thing that it always brings me back to every time someone makes a Uranus joke. So there's a moment in Futurama where it takes place, for those who may not know, a thousand years in the future. And the professor, a character on the show, has invented a smelloscope, which is a, a telescope <laughs> where you can smell objects in outer space. And the main character of the show, Fry, says, you know, I'll smell anything as long as you don't make me smell Uranus. And then he laughs to himself and nobody else does. And, and the professor says, I'm sorry, Fry, scientists change or astronomers changed the name of Uranus. And I don't remember the years like in 2238 to end that joke once and for all. And falls what do they call it now? And the professor says, Eurectum. Oh no! <laughs> and so, anytime anyone makes a Uranus joke, that that scene always plays in my head, and uh, that is, of that, course, it does. I think I've posted that video in response to Uranus jokes before that have shown up in the groups. Right. Oh my God, that's fantastic. I'm glad we chose that one. So, Bobby, I can't thank you enough for coming on. Is there anything you want to plug? Any social media? Anything? Uh, you can find me on Facebook in the Tony groups. I post or comment every once in a while. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Bobby Gottfried. Very easy. I don't think I really have anything to plug. The only thing I'll say is, you know, I've mentioned that I am a huge trivia fan. I play in a couple of online trivia leagues, one general knowledge and one very sports focused. And if anyone is interested in joining up with either of those, reach out to me, let me know, and I will uh, I'll make an introduction and get you into that trivia world. Roxy. That's amazing. I know. Yeah. I was just thinking. I mean, <laughs> I'm working night and day on this podcast now, editing, but maybe. Who knows? Well, Bobby, thank you again. I really appreciate the time, and we'll see you in the groups. It was so nice to meet you. <laughs> you guys, too. Thank you for having me. All right, all you Loyal Littles, we will be right back. Welcome back to the Loyal Littles podcast. And we'd like to thank uh, Mike Wilbon for coming on today. And uh, <laughs> uh, just kidding. Yeah, no, right? no. <laughs> I mean, it might as well have been Wilbon with all the name dropping that went on in that interview. And uh, Roxy, I know we say this every time, but wow, those stories. I just, yeah. So thank you, Bobby, for coming on today and sharing all those experiences with us. It's just great. I, I don't care how many names he dropped. It was a lot of fun. I hope you all enjoyed it, too. All right, Roxy and Chuck, let's get to the news. Okay, so today we're actually going to start a little sad, and we, we, we swear we'll, we'll perk it up. But we did in the last episode tell you how Casey Jones passed away on Christmas morning. And we did just find out over the weekend, uh, Hall of Famer Chuck, Phil Negro, dies at 81, sadly. Oh, and, uh, yeah, you said you had a, you remember that, you had a funny story you were telling me off air, and it's a classic. Yes, I do remember the game. I, I, I don't know if I was watching it or I saw it uh, highlight, but I remember the day it happened. 
when he was accused of doctoring the baseball on the mound. <laughs> and, of course, the, all the umpires came up and the coaches from both sides, and they're standing on the mound and looking around, and, and they say, well, well, empty your pockets. Let's see if you have anything. And he famously reached into his back pocket, grabbed an emery board, and just kind of chucked it as he's holding up his arms like, what, what? I don't have anything. See? <laughs> Which, uh, it's like the old kids throwing away the cigarette so they don't get caught kind of thing. Like everybody sees them do it, but they still trying to be like, oh, that's not mine. Yeah, right. <laughs> so infamously, I remember that. from. Yeah, that, uh, that was pretty classic. Was, and, yes. and he was still like, who, me? I didn't, that's who, not me? mine. That's How not rude. mine. Yeah. <laughs> How dare you, sir? How dare you? Uh, but to say, uh, wow, the knuckleball has officially died, I think. He was just, he was the man. And so many people looked up to him. Being a hardcore Red Sox fan, we had Shaky Wakey, as I used to call him, uh, Tim Wakefield, because it was either honor or it wasn't. And yeah. other teams could either hit it or they couldn't. As we know, one year Aaron Boone could hit it, and then the next year they couldn't hit it. And the rest is history. It's just, that's, it's... It's such an incredible thing to see someone who can throw a knuckleball, and he was the best, in my opinion. I, I know there were others, but he was the one that, in my opinion, invented it. So rest in peace, Phil Negro. All right, let's cheer everyone up a little bit. We have some funny ones, but we're also going to get to some NFL. But first, Chuck, have, did you see over the weekend the Kentucky man uses flame flower to clear driveway? Did you see that video? <laughs> uh, I, I... <laughs> I saw a still of it. I didn't see the video. Roxy, did you see that? I, I did see it. It was well, so funny. The I'm like, what am I looking at here? <laughs> yeah, right? A Kentucky man is going viral for his unconventional idea of clearing the snow in his driveway with a flamethrower. His name was Timothy Browning. It says he stunned fans after a relative filmed him standing in his driveway wearing nothing but a white bathrobe, sock slippers, and a hat, recreating Cousin Eddie from the iconic holiday movie National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. While his attire alone would turn heads, it was Browning's unique method of removing the snow from his driveway with a flamethrower that won the internet. And it is pretty hilarious. If you get a chance, you all should look that up. It's pretty well, classic. It's, it's now becoming a classic for sure. I'm a little confused of why and where you even get a flamethrower. <laughs> And who has what? Like, I know. what other purpose would you have that at your house? Like, Chuck, no, nothing to that. see here. Nothing to see here. <laughs> Moving on. Right? <laughs> well, oh it is gosh. true because, I mean, if you think about it, I mean, besides the, I, I guess it could refreeze and become black ice or whatever, I'm guessing, because it would be almost water at that point. And then if it refreezes, so I don't know if that's helping or not helping, but I mean, hello, that's ingenious. I mean, it's the quickest way. To get your snow removal done, that's for sure. Well, so, you could also maybe use that same method for leaves. <laughs> I mean, people burn I don't know. leaves, so you just like, yeah, oh, do it right now. <laughs> All right, we here at the Loyal Littles podcast are not advocating getting the flamethrower for <laughs> either type of leaves or snow removal. We just want to make sure we put that clarification in there, disclaimer, whatever you want to call it. And but uh, if you do, on. video it. Yes, and send it to WTFCPodnet at gmail.com. Please send it there. All right, Chuck and Roxy, big NFL weekend. We normally never get to do this because we leave these things to the big show, but we did want to go over some huge comebacks, huge games. I mean, I don't even know where – where do you want to begin, Chuck? Well, uh, 
I think we have to go with the wins, the winning streak of one New York football club. Uh, <laughs> Chuck, we cannot start an NFL recap with the Jets, especially from New Jersey. No. Yes, the Jets win again. That was kind of huge. Yeah, they beat Cleveland. Now, Cleveland, this is what we, were, we referred to in the first segment, how COVID hit Cleveland really hard. And this is why it's one of those seasons. You just never know what's going to happen with these. I don't even know how to explain it, but you just, if, if you're a betting person, you have to be very careful because you just never know. Right. Things change right. right up to the time of the kickoff. Uh, I mean, it's one more thing you have to check as far as injury reports. Well, who's on the COVID list and stuff like that. But yes, the Jets do beat Cleveland 23-16. And unfortunately, that means we we lose the big matchup closing weekend, Pittsburgh-Cleveland for the division, which is what there were many hopes out there for. I mean, how fun would that have been? But don't you worry, because we get some of those. I don't know if you heard, Chuck, but the Washington football team, their game has now been flexed to Sunday night next week because it will be for a division showdown for what could be the division championship. They play the division rival Philadelphia Eagles in Philly. So that's mm. going to be now Sunday night. During the day, Cowboys-Giants play. So we should know more about this. But it's still going to come down to Washington because if Washington wins, they win the division. They win, they're in. It's the whole scenario. If Washington loses, then there's like three other scenarios with ties and all this other stuff. But basically, if the Cowboys win, Washington loses, Cowboys win. If the Washington football team and the Cowboys lose, meaning the Giants beat them, then the Giants still have a chance to get in here. The only team that's been officially eliminated, I believe, at this point is Philly for that division. So that could be kind of exciting. Didn't really want to say it too much, but we will. How this occurred was, yes, Washington lost to Carolina over the weekend, 20 to 13. So that was sad for all you Washington fans because it was their chance to just get the division closed up. We didn't even have to worry about next week, but they couldn't get it done. So it'll make next week much more interesting. Unfortunately, for a lot of Washington fans, it's going to make it nail-biting. But we'll see what happens there next week. It should make for an exciting weekend. The other big game that I wanted to mention, it was on Saturday. We had football three days in a row. So great. The Saints, first, let's go there, actually. Saints, Alvin Kamara ties the record. We, we just referenced this record a couple weeks ago. Six rushing touchdowns. Wow. And that's incredible. That was just absolutely incredible. 52 fantasy points in my league, Chuck. And guess who was up against him? You. Me. Yes. <laughs> now, Chuck. Wait, I have a question. Sure. Was he the one with the uh, red and green shoes? Yes, he was, Roxy. Good observation. I was right? Yes, I you were. actually knew something? Yes, you wow. did. Roxy, now this is interesting because I didn't get to deep dive into that as to whether or not he was fined or what, because he was the only one. It wasn't like the entire Saints team were wearing red and green shoes. I don't know. My guess is that maybe he was doing it for a charity or something and trying to raise money. That's the only thing I can think of, because usually when I mean, they do that kind of stuff, they get fined for it. So I don't know. And I think that's absolutely ridiculous. That is such a fun way to show your personality. And I think they should be allowed to wear whatever kind of shoes they want as long as they have they're the right I don't know are well, there spikes on the bottom like yes. whatever the shoes there there should be certain qualifications for the shoes and then like they should be able to have whatever color they want I mean well come on. but that's where it gets it's tricky Roxy because well but it does if everybody's doing it and you that's why you have to have a uniform and that's why they call it a uniform so that everyone's oh. in uniform together and they look the same so I don't know I did not 
sadly, I did not do the deep dive on that to find out how he was allowed to do that or whether or not he got in trouble for it. But he had him on the whole game, I believe. So Yeah, so if that's the case, he probably if he was fined, he probably didn't care because this is a special day. And right. I believe, Roxy believes that <laughs> they should be able to show their personality with their shoes. Come on. That's not yeah, but I also at all. Yeah, I also think he would have probably been forced to take them off at halftime, bare minimum, if there was a problem. So I don't know. We'll have to, we'll right. get back to you on that. Or maybe Bobby can get on that. Since his interview's now over, he has time to get back to calling us out on all our errors, which we love. So that wasn't really that an boy. error. boy. We just need an update. We need an update, Stat Boy. So yeah, anyway. what's the deal? <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, we'll, and we've got some other fantasy news we'll get to in a second. But yes, I did recover, believe it or not, Chuck, because I had Devontae Adams. I had a few other really key players that and he went off last night as Green Bay in our snowball game, Chuck. How fun was that? Yes, very nice, very nice. Yeah, it was, that was a nice way to end the weekend. It was yeah. a winter wonderland. It was, it was crazy. And uh, Green Bay killed Tennessee 40-14, I believe, was the final score. And uh, yeah, so we have some really good matchups. The other one I wanted to, the crazy game on Saturday was, so we'll pick one from each day, I guess, Las Vegas. The Raiders, Chuck, losing to Miami. Did you see, all you needed to see was the last four minutes of that game. It was the most intense, crazy thing I've ever seen. Did you get? Did you blew get a chance it. to see that? Oh yeah, yeah. Raiders blew it. They, they could have won. With 19 seconds left, and they decided that they didn't want to win. I guess it was <laughs> trash. They find another way to lose. Yeah. Speaking of finding Pathetic. another way to lose, Chuck, your Kansas City and Jamie Julian's Kansas City Chiefs clinch all home field all the way to the Super Bowl with your I'm going to put it in quotes win over Atlanta. Uh, you, I'm assuming you watched that game because you didn't cover again. So I knew we wouldn't. I actually thought we'd lose that game, but it was definitely a uh, pitfall. You know, you're not really, you don't really care. You kind of already know you're gonna win the division and win the first seed. So I didn't think they would really show up, and they didn't. But they still find a way to win, and squeak it out, and now we'll they'll play all of their JV squad next week. Well, but now you'll get two <laughs> weeks off essentially. So right. that's going to be, I wonder how that's, I don't know, Chuck, that's going to be interesting to see how they handle that. Cause you don't want to take right. that much time off. You want to get heat. You want to get well, if you've got injuries, of course you want to heal those up. But, right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. They might, maybe they'll play a half or something next week just to keep the, the creative juices of flowing. All right. And the last game we'll mention quickly, it's, it's more not the game itself, but, Tampa Bay over Detroit, 47 to 7. And Whoa. yeah, the reason I'm even bringing that up is because as a Saints fan, I'm scared now. Okay. Tom Brady, obviously officially in the playoffs now as a wild card. Them in the playoffs just scares me a little bit. And they have been playing out of their minds. They're getting their stride at the right time. And so you heard it here first. Watch out, in my opinion, for Tampa Bay. The one stat I saw over the weekend was. Tampa Bay hadn't made the playoffs since, I want to say, 2008, 2007, I think. And New England hadn't not been in the playoffs since 2007 or something like that. And it was like <laughs> a little meme, and it said coincidence. And, uh, yeah, Maybe. that's pretty interesting, actually. But, um, right. yeah, that's the other team I would say watch out for in the NFC. I still think the AFC will win it because Buffalo's playing out of their minds, as is Kansas City. So we'll see. And, you know, Pittsburgh had a huge comeback over India, Indianapolis this weekend, too. So 
We'll see what happens, but the big news, and we will close out the show with this, we wanted to say a quick congratulations to Jen Babish, who won the Loyal Littles Fantasy Football League this year. Aww. All right. Congrats. She beat Rob Copeland in the finals. I hope I'm saying that name right. Yeah, so congratulations, Jen Babish. Apparently she won by five points or something like that. I think it was uh, maybe six. Yeah, five points, I think. I think the final score was 154-149, uh, as reported by our fantasy football correspondent, Robert Berg. So thank you, Robert, for that. We just wanted to give a quick shout out to Jen Babish. Congratulations. And I I know, I think there's the, the different divisions are called something special but I don't have those names, so we'll just call it the Loyal Littles Fantasy Football League. All right, you two, let's get out of here and prepare for our New Year celebration. Roxy, how can they get in touch with us? Email us at wtfcpodnet at gmail.com. Or on the Twitter. Chuck, tell them how they can get in touch with us on the Twitter. Get on the Twitter and get in touch with us. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I thought. Brilliant. Loyal Littles Pod, Chuck. At Loyal Littles Pod. Yes, add something. Maybe your New Year's resolution for us will be that you'll actually learn what the email address or our Twitter handle or just anything in general, Chuck. That would be great. Okay, I'm going to write some stuff down for next week. That might help. That would be fan-freaking-tastic. All right, all you loyal littles, just in case we don't talk to you again before, have a very, very healthy, happy, safe, New Year's. Happy New Year's, you two. Happy New Year. Happy Thank New God it's Year. over. <laughs> yep. All right. 2021. Well, say goodbye, so Chuck. Say goodbye, Roxy. Goodbye, Chuck. Goodbye, Roxy. Hi, <laughs> Chuck. And Roxy and Chuck and Chuck. <laughs> we'll talk to you soon, loyal littles. You were crazy enough to get on an airplane with this erotic <laughs> person?
podcast is produced by the WTFC Podcast Network and edited by Louis B. Crocco. Oh, 